Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. Today I want to draw your attention to something you have heard, but perhaps have not meditated very deeply about, and that is the second reading that you hear on uh, Sundays at Mass. These second readings, taken largely from the epistles and the Acts of the Apostles, are very important but infrequently commented on in homilies. But I'd like to draw your attention to those second readings that you will hear, beginning with this past Sunday, the second Sunday of Ordinary Time, and continuing until the beginning of Lent. And that second reading is a continuous reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, his first letter. In fact, I encourage you to read it uh, from your Bibles in the weeks before Lent and to meditate upon it, because it is a very powerful epistle, and what it speaks to the Christians at Corinth speaks to us today in our own time and place. Now, the city of Corinth was a very important city within the Roman Empire, and in fact, it had been an important city since the beginning of Greek history. It had the advantage of being on an isthmus, and it had two ports of entry, one to the north, one to the south leading uh, into different large bodies of water. So therefore, the city of Corinth was a center of commerce. Geographically, it lay almost dead center between the western part of the Roman Empire and the eastern part. So therefore, the traffic was heavy, both for commercial reasons and for simple traveling. The city was also known for its wealth, although in its early history it suffered a number of of disasters, by and large, by choosing the wrong side in a war. But it always was rebuilt because of its strategic situation in the ancient world. It was rich, it was very cosmopolitan, and it was known for its immorality. It's, it's interesting that when Paul visited the city of Athens, which was the center at that time of intellectual life, had a glorious uh, history, his preaching did not produce much fruit. It's interesting that we have two letters to the Corinthians, none to the Athenians. And it's something of great interest that Paul had such a welcome to his message deeply uh, felt in Corinth. Maybe it's because the Athenians, in their intellectual pride, did not believe they needed God, where the Corinthians knew it all too well. But the Christian community grew 
and became really quite well known to other Christian communities that were founded by Paul. Paul himself was amazed at the initial acceptance and joy in the gospel. He was amazed by the significant growth of the Christian community. But there were profound concerns of Paul that prompted his writing of that letter, not only the first letter to the Corinthians, but the second as well. And in fact, in the second letter to the Corinthians, Paul acknowledges that the Corinthians felt that the letters were a little too sharp. And in fact, one of the complaints was that when Paul came preaching, he wasn't the greatest of all preachers. But when he wrote letters, he could really be sharp. And Paul acknowledges this, but it is an expression, he says, of my love for you, because I'm concerned that you not only listen to the gospel, but you live it. And one of the great problems in the the Christian community in Corinth were the divisions that, uh, that sprang up because of the perceived gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these spiritual gifts, these charisms that seem to have been showered on the Corinthian church created some real divisions because people began to assume that if they have received that particular charism, they must be a superior Christian to the other members of the community. They also had a tendency to follow particular preachers. It was also a difficulty by the fact that some problems were created when the Christians brought in old habits from the outside world into the church. And it was illustrated by a very embarrassing situation that arose when the church would gather for a common meal. And Paul discovered that they each brought their own food for the common meal. The poor brought their poor food. The rich brought their rich foods. And in fact, Paul said, it is embarrassing to a Christian community that the poor eating their, their simple fare have to wait until the rich are finished. And that is why Paul insisted that the celebration of the Eucharist be separated from any other form of meal. For the Eucharist, that common meal of the Christian community, evaporates differences of a purely social or economic or political kind. It creates an entirely new union in the body of Christ. And what Paul is concerned with in the letter to the Corinthians is something that we all should be concerned about. How do Christians live as a community of believers? A community meaning a common union, especially when the Christians live in and are surrounded by a fractured society. Paul, in the letters to the Corinthians, developed a very important concept of the church as the body of Christ. 
meaning that our Lord, in his bodily form here on earth, ascended into heaven, but ascended into heaven so that his body can be present to everyone from every time and not be constrained by a particular historical period. And that body of Christ is is the church. And the body of Christ is supported crucially by the centrality of the Eucharist and how properly to celebrate it, which Paul is concerned with in that first letter to the Corinthians. He also describes how there are certain realities in, in, within the church that support the life and the, uh, the purpose of the church. He talks about marriage. He talks also about celibacy. That is, not to marry in order to commit oneself entirely to uh, the work of God. He also was very concerned about the discernment of spiritual gifts. And he laid down a very important rule. He said we have to realize that there are many spirits trying to gain our attention. Some are not from God. And it is important for us to discern those. But he had a certain rule of thumb. He said if a spiritual gift is authentic, it is given for the upbuilding of the church. If it causes division, it is not of God. And I think uh, those, those rules of thumb, the centrality of the Eucharist, the importance of both marriage and celibacy within the life of the community, are important for us to, to understand. But I want to conclude by talking about two particular chapters of that first letter to the Corinthians because they establish the foundation stones of an authentic Christian community and how that community expresses itself in our daily living with each other. The first is the 15th chapter of the letter to the Corinthians, in which Paul outlines the core of the proclamation of the Christian faith. When he announces the suffering and death and power of the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of all Scripture in Christ, and the giving of witness to the power of that resurrection, that foundation stone is a common belief a common creed that binds the community together. Secondly, is an almost equally, uh, well, probably more famous uh, chapter from 1 Corinthians, and that is chapter 13. I remember when I was in pastoral life as a priest preparing uh, young couples for marriage, whenever we sat down to plan the the wedding ceremony, I would ask him, uh, what readings have you chosen from uh, the uh, the Bible? And almost inevitably, they would say, well, we want something very personal, which I, I know meant 1 Corinthians 13, 
the, the famous preaching on the power of love. And the love of which St. Paul speaks is a love that is manifested in the Greek word agape. That is, it is a love that is self-giving, a love that is offered simply that the good be done and it be offered to the other. It is a love that begins with the recognition that next to the Holy Eucharist, one of the greatest presents of Christ is the other person. And in those two foundation stones, as St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, the common creed and the common love, the Church functions as a community of disciples and a powerful witness to the glory of God.